Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Jim Edmonds, is directly responsible for Albert Pujols' success. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey! <laughs> and this week, returning to us for some reason, a uh, friend of the show, podcaster extraordinaire, you know him, Daniel Shoptaw. Thank you so much for being here. Howdy, guys. And this week, we are going to be talking about the continued success of the St. Louis Cardinals, the outfield, and some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, Daniel, we we somehow roped you back into this. Um, we are really grateful for your time and to have you here. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, it's been a a really good stretch of Cardinal baseball. I feel like the last time you and I and and Ben got together, it was that murky middle part of the season where everything was collapsing. Uh, so it's nice to have you here to actually talk about some some positive Cardinal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to jinx them and, and bring them all down by putting <laughs> us all together again. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. We no, don't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> that, there, there is that too. Um, yeah. It's, it's been fun. I mean, it's been a great month of August. Um, it's, you know, even when the few times that they've lost, you know, the Brewers tend to wind up somehow, you know, losing to people like Cubs and Pirates. And um, so you get to go into September, you know, depending on what tonight's game turns out to be, five or six games up, um, and you, you like your where you're at, and you not that everything's hunky dory and perfect, but there's a lot of excitement around the team, and, you, and that's always fun at this time of year. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. Think, like, I feel like we picked on the Brewers a lot earlier this season for they they were kind of doing a tightrope walk uh, around their pitching and their pitching health, and that's a, a really hard thing to like. Having good pitching health all year is so hard to do, um, and they haven't done a great job at that. And then they traded away like their fourth or fifth best pitcher. I don't know. Yeah, we like to pick not on that them. That is, yeah. Not that that has turned out to really yeah. matter. You know, we right. were actually a good move. Yeah, as it turns <laughs> out. But, you know, you never know. Maybe he was so heartbroken to be traded. Uh, he was, you know, he collapsed in San Diego. But, yeah, that trade so far hasn't worked out for either side. Um, both I, losers. Yeah. Yeah. Though, again, I do think long run, it's going to end up being a smart trade for the Brewers, but, uh, it definitely was timed right with their, their collapse. But yep. yeah, I mean, they were, they were walking the tightrope of good pitching, just like the Cardinals have been all season. But the difference is the Cardinals have Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, who, uh, if they could, um, you know, split the MVP trophy in half and each get half of it. Like, I think that's their, the most deserving too, since I don't know, uh, well, be like when Trout and Cabrera were going so, back and forth. Is this some fantasy you have about them both getting in a room together? There's cameras and they're ripping at a trophy <laughs> and seeing who gets the bigger piece. Yeah, it's like a wishbone. Um, <laughs> okay. and they, they each grab one side of it and pull hard, and yeah. it's whoever gets the bigger side. Yeah, yeah, pay per view. Yeah, no, okay. this should be free. This is for <laughs> <Okay>. the people. <laughs> okay. 
what right. are you what are you making me do right now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad you're on board for that nonsense. <laughs> uh, I I thought of a better one last year, Otani and uh, Guerrero. But anyway, um, yeah, they uh, yeah, it, it's. I mean, that's the big thing, right? Is that while the Cardinals pitching has obviously struggled having uh, two MVP offensive players and then a supporting cast of rotating contributors and rotating, uh, you know, having the worst months of their entire careers um, <laughs> has, has allowed them. Now here we are uh, the evening of August 31st uh, with a pretty dominating lead for the division. Uh, you know, most, um, prediction sites now have the Cardinals in the in the 90s or higher on winning the division uh which is a a, a good spot to be well said i agree i like having a 90 percent <laughs> chance plus of uh making it to the playoffs let me tell you let me be the first to say <laughs> kind of beats not heavy yeah so. daniel would you agree that being in first place <laughs> is like way better than not being in first place i mean i don't like necessarily to go out on the limbs that y'all go out on <laughs> but i mean if you're already out there i'll join the crowd sure. all right yeah <laughs> um get out on this limb with us well you know i i think like a lot has been said about the the strength of schedule and it's fair i mean the cardinals have the easiest schedule the rest of the the season i think that's part of where that equation is coming from um and we saw it a little bit five games against the cubs uh which was a pretty good series and then um we actually had a pretty good test though over the weekend uh having three against the braves and the braves seem to be firing on all cylinders right now and uh the cardinals managed to take two of three from the Braves. so again small sample size but um it was definitely nice to see that outcome because i think there was a lot of hand wringing going on when, after that first loss against the Braves and then the about halfway through the second game um you know if you're looking at Twitter or whatever everybody's talking about how you know the Cardinals can't actually beat good teams and then suddenly turn around and and take two of three against the Braves what do you guys see in the I guess the series against the Braves or the series against yeah. the Cubs over the last week that that stood out to you well my my point point of view, and Daniel, I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but my, my point of view is this team, if you told me we had to do five games in four days versus the Cubs a month and a half ago, two months ago, I'd be terrified. And I, I feel like the team was well positioned. They had enough pitching. Um, nobody was clamoring for people to be called up or sent down or traded for. Obviously, they can't make trades for. And I think going uh winning three out of or uh going three uh for two or geez. <laughs> winning three of those games and losing two of those games. I thought that was about a good of outcome as you could expect. Yeah. I mean, especially for the fact that it's, it's the Cubs and all those games are always kind of crazy. I mean, you never know what's going to happen when you go into Wrigley field. So yeah, if you could take three F five, um, you're doing fine. And I agree. You're right. They had the, uh, the pitching to deal with that. And it's kind of the, you know, we're going to see that again in September when they have the doubleheader against the Reds you know, later on when they're in Bush stadium and they're going to have to deal with that uh, extra game as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, between that and, you know, being able to, to play with the Braves, um, you know, a little bit of, of help from, from like <laughs> Jensen and, and things of that nature, but they showed that they are, they can go toe to toe with, 
you know, to, to start the see to start the month, you know, sweeping the Yankees and then to win two out of three for the Braves later on. I think that they've shown that they can play with pretty much anybody they're going to see in the postseason. It doesn't mean they're going to beat them. And, you know, we'll find out a little bit more when they play San Diego and Los Angeles on the road there at the end of, in, end of September. But I think right now, if you put them up against anybody in the postseason, especially in a short series, they're going to have a chance. They're not necessarily going to be favored, but yeah. they're going to have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I, what those late season series will be like too against the, the Dodgers who basically already clinched you know, best record in baseball, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw someone um, say online the other day that like they've already beat the game and now they're just going for achievements. And uh, <laughs> yeah. they, like they had uh, the guy, it was, I think it was last night they had uh, against the Mets, the person who they had closed the game was someone who the Mets had DFA'd in July. Yeah. And so now they're just like <laughs> fucking with everybody, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Like, I wonder if he, if uh, uh, Doc actually wants to go for the record or if he, I could see him not caring about that. It, what is it, 116 or one, 115? One, I think it was 115. It was the Mariners in 01, right? Or 02? Yeah. Uh, like, Lou Pinello wanted to break that record back then and like basically killed his team doing it. And then they limped into the playoffs and got knocked out immediately. Um, so I'm curious if Dave Roberts would actually be interested in pushing them uh, to that degree. But I think they should, because that would make it easier for the Cardinals to <laughs> potentially play them in the playoffs. Um, it well, would be well, fun to see a new single season best record. But um, yeah. well, they, they would be know. the team to do it. Yeah. Although um, a few injuries recently might might impact them. Gonsolin now on the IL. Yeah, I think they're fine. Yeah. yeah, they'll probably be fine. Uh, before we move on from the Brave series, I think Daniel made a great point. I just want to like specifically point out like the fact that they came uh, back and won against Kinley, who was looking really bad that night and was not locating. And I think the the ball or the the pitch that killed the Braves that night was a fastball that was like two and a half feet inside and almost hit Tyler O'Neill. Um, but then they also came back against AJ Minter, who is having a crazy good year. Um, so I, I like, I, I don't know. I, I like the, I don't know what the resolve, the stick to the, uh, the, uh, the ability to come back late against a bullpen. That's so good. I that was, yeah. that was exciting. The, the well, grinder. Yes. Yeah. The right, grinder. The, the grinder oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. I gotta, yeah. 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 I mean, I think. There is even as wild as Kenley was, and there were definitely some gift pitches in there. There have been times, even this season, that I feel like the Cardinals still would have struck out yeah. the side against that yeah. mess, you know. <laughs> and so, seeing some really good plate approaches um, and and keeping that approach all the way through the end of the game uh, paid off for him. And same against Minter, who was pitching a lot better. Um, Spencer Strider is somebody who I think I will watch um, as often as I can. Um, I think he's amazing. It feels like he's going to explode at some point, though. Oh, like his arm, he's going to throw a pitch and his arm is going to end up in the catcher's mitt, too. May, or just spontaneously combust on the mound. Like it doesn't seem what like what he's doing should be physically possible. He has like the highest K per nine right now in the league, yeah. right? Of qualified starters. Yeah. And he's got a great stash. So um, I like that Brad Thompson always brings up that he can hack squat 550. <laughs> Look at those thighs. <laughs> he's got a wagon. It's true. <laughs> he does. Um, 
Well, where do we go from there? Um, yeah, he looks good. Stupid Braves and their ability to just churn out like good pitchers. Um, yeah, I, I think a, a great this is going to be a really smooth segue um, going to that final uh, game of that series uh, with Adam Wainwright pregame routine on ESPN. Did you guys both watch uh, or listen or catch up on that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Did you get a chance to watch it? Daniel? I watched at least at least some of it later on yeah. in the clip. I don't know if I watched the whole thirteen or fourteen minutes or whatever it was, but um, definitely saw the highlights. And yeah, that was that was excellent. I mean, of course, it's Adam Wainwright, and we know that. Yeah, put Adam Wainwright in front of a microphone or put a microphone in his ear or whatever the case may be. Um, he's going to you know turn on the a, a a game as well. But just to hear some of that stuff that he's you know talking about and just be able to see him go through that preparation and you know that I, that idea, which is amazingly well stated of, you know, if you start, make sure your routine doesn't become superstition. Um, that was, that was pretty excellent. Yeah. All the, all the like mentality, like, uh, and the thought process training and stuff that he was going through. I thought that was fascinating. I feel like you rarely hear baseball players speak like that. It's all about one day at a time. And, you know, I, 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 I was better than him today and that's just the way it worked out. Hearing him like walk through exactly what you just said and the idea of uh, your mind controls what your body does. And th- there's just some really interesting little tidbits. And uh, I don't know, Wayno's he's smart and interesting. Yeah. He's like, he's the, the most interesting man in the world type guy. <laughs> well, I, I think he, you know, I, this isn't a, a unique thought. It's pretty clear. He's going to end up in a broadcast booth whenever his career ends in 10 years or whatever, when he's done finally pitching, I hope it's some something for the Cardinals. Cause yeah, he is, it's, it's a really unique blend of being like, not just really, really smart, but also just really like affable and, and able to explain it in a way that people will enjoy. And then he goes out there and he's really, really good. He made the yeah. point that like, he needs to have a really good first inning. So people don't think that this, uh, warm up uh microphone thing was like bad for the game so he felt like an extra bit of pressure to be good um and then he was you know uh that whole game you know i carnal fans we the cardinals are in a lot of sunday night games compared to a lot of teams but i know a lot of times it feels like the broadcast or whatever just mostly focuses on the other teams playing a lot of dodgers playing a lot of yankees or red sox or whatever um, that Sunday night game, though, we are never allowed to complain about broadcasts covering the Cardinals again because that entire broadcast was basically, "Look how awesome Adam Wainwright is." Let's get Benji Molina in the in yeah. the uh, you know in the broadcast booth for a full inning. Let's play a minute and a half of of Wayno's <laughs> demo tape. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that happened. You missed it? Oh, I, yeah. They, they, they Mary, uh, Mary and I went to a bar uh, and got some uh, tater tots, um, and they weren't pumping, piping the sound in. So we were just watching the game, listening to classic rock. Well, I got to hear a little bit more about these tater tots. So you went to the bar specifically for tater tots? I'm not kidding. They're the best tater tots in Denver easily the world maybe um but their I house had, made I had tater tots tonight <laughs> <laughs> they were frozen though yeah. we made them partly for the kids but also I mean I ate like a lot of tater tots oh yeah I mean they're so yeah. good you get your dipping sauces you're having a great yeah. time I had I had a nice ice cold Budweiser um which was great it, it was you know it was great 
What kind of sauce you you dip in your tots in? Oh, we got honey mustard. We got normal mustard. We got catsup. We got, uh, I think there was some barbecue and some hot as well. We were going crazy. Nice. Daniel, are you a tots guy? (laughs) I I can't say that I am, but uh, I'm always, always interested to hear people, you know, with their passions. um, Yeah. Talking about them. So. I this think is, I'm more of a fry guy if given the choice, if they're next to each other, but I love a good tot. Top tier tot can't be beat, I think. Yeah. What a, would? How do you feel about a baiter tot? About a Sorry. what? A baiter tot? Remember that guy? No. No. <laughs> Me neither. So uh, I see that he might actually you know, start rehab games, I think, in the next week yeah. or so. That's so I think as Cardinal good. fans, we better hope he gets in the game or else the Cardinals have to give someone else up also in the trade. So yeah, but it's um, probably, you know, it's probably somebody, that, somebody that they're probably going to, you know, have to take off the 40 man for the rule five anyway. So that is, and that is something for us to talk about at a, at a later point for sure. We're trying to stock up off season topics. So, <laughs> uh, but the, the rule five thing this off season could be potentially interesting, but um, that's for a, a later date to talk yeah. about. But, um, uh, yeah, it's probably, it's probably the thing, but still, you know, you yeah, know. I mean, it's still, um, I mean, you know, it does, it's, it is one other thing that they don't have necessarily they have to give up for. Yeah. Um, uh, so. but Ben, yeah, they played the entire, I guess it was the whole song, um, that, uh, Wayno wrote, it's like a demo, you know, it's him and guitar and singing. And I really thought they were just going to do like a verse or so. And they just let it go. And it was a minute and a half long and he's pitching. And I was like, this has never happened before in baseball. There's no way anyone has ever had one of their little songs played (laughs) over top while he's pitching. Brought to the Royo, maybe. Oh, yeah. I was going to say there are other. Yeah, there have been other art, you know, musicians, but I've definitely watched a broadcast where they played some of Joe West music, but obviously like umpire different than a a active pitcher. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it could have happened. I think that you're right. I think they were going to like cut it off and then, but Wayne, like there was enough foul balls and stuff like that, that the inning kept going. So they just, they just just let it it run. Yeah. Can I ask your (laughs) review? Yeah. I'd I'd, I'd love to hear your, uh, your, your, your breakdown. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm not like a big soft country fan, you yeah. know, um, but I guess to be able to do that and also be a borderline Hall of Fame pitcher like he's that the broadcast said it. They're like, he's just one of those guys that's good at everything. You yeah. Know? And as a as a music lover and um you know, I, I'm, I love to see someone being able to like, I feel like there's, you know, that's, that's super uncommon in, in, in like high end athletes to like yeah. also be like writing soft music, yeah. you know, cause it was about like playing ball with my boy and like, like I'm I saying like these, pitching and hitching a, a trailer or something like that. Yeah. It's know. like, you know, he's like, these are the things that I like to do. You know, it's like really, but it was nice. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, there's so many layers to unpack there about what, like what I was actually listening to in that moment. But, um, it was fine. <laughs> He's doing like a 14 track record this off season though, which, Hey, I mean, you know, with enough production and, and like, uh, you know, team behind it, 
fucking he's gonna end up in the rock and roll hall of fame too or something <laughs> stupid <laughs> i don't know daniel what do you think of the track we might have different tastes no i mean i'm not a i'm not a huge i'm not a country person either i'm not much of a music person in general but it was fine it was yeah. nice enough it was yeah it was that wholesome you know it, down yeah. home south type of thing and um yeah, we'll be interested to see what the rest of the album is. It's probably one of those yeah. things that, you know, you buy because it's Adam Wainwright, then you don't ever actually listen to it. <laughs> I'll tell you, <laughs> I would absolutely go see him live if he was like playing a ballpark village or something like that. I would be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's taking it seriously, apparently. I mean, they played it on the freaking broadcast. Like yeah. he's doing a record, you know, so it wouldn't surprise me if he does shows. He can open for Bruce Willis's band. Well, and that I mean, he's, fitting. I mean, what Wainwright's, I mean, he's pretty bit obvious, pretty clear about what he wants to do is all his charity work and all that stuff, yeah. you know, and if it's, you know, I'm going to do a concert or two and all the money is going to go to big league impact or whatever the case may be. I definitely yeah. see him doing stuff like that. That is absolutely what, he, yeah, I think you're right on. Yeah. I, and good for him again. I think it's great. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to even imply that I'm making fun of him, but it is the whole package. It's just very funny to me. Yeah. That, you know, and, and the, the broadcast was bizarre, but it just went for so long. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Hey, the, the Cardinales jerseys were awesome. That was, uh, you know, I, I think it seemed to me that the Cardinals did, they chose that game because of the Sunday night broadcast. I have to assume and uh, it got a ton of um, press and a ton of like time in the broadcast, and I thought that was that was really awesome. It's a uh, you know a really growing part of the Cardinals fan base that I think has been pretty um, underrepresented it, underrepresented in like the broader broadcasting. So it was cool to see Benji having a great time. Yeah, that there. was cool. And uh, you know, I know other other teams have done the the Spanish jerseys, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was it was really cool. Um, so moving on a little bit more specifically into, you know, we're, we're going to stick with what's going well right now. Um, you can't go very far right now in any Cardinal media related direction without running into some love for Lars Newt bar. And, uh, we're going to do the same. Um, what a perfect combo of being good and also having an awesome name. You know, whenever, <laughs> whenever Newt Bar first came up, I really felt like, you know, what this is like 80% of the reason he's even here is because of his name. And, uh, it turns out, uh, that's only, it's only like 40% of the reason he's here <laughs> is, is because of his name. Uh, he's been outside of Goldie and Arenado and, and maybe now O'Neill knock on wood. He's been the best player on the team. He's been the most consistent at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, oh, sorry. You go, Sean. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, babe. I just wanted to uh, cherry pick one stat that I was uh, very excited about. Uh, over the last two months, Lars Newbar has 29 walks and 27 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He is still a rookie. Uh, I find that just to be astounding. Not to mention, there's a little power that's kind of coming along with that. But again, anyone who is outpacing their walks over uh, strikeouts in modern baseball, especially at that young, is just super duper impressive. Yeah. And the energy that he's brought obviously has been a huge yeah. factor as well. I mean that, you know, Nolan and, and Goldie and others have, have talked about it that, um, 
yeah, there was the what was the interview with 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 Lars that he said his like his superpower was getting Paul Goldschmidt to giggle. Um, you know, it's obviously something different in in there. Um, and you know, that, that kind of thing can be really annoying to some teams depending on how it's done. And obviously he's done well enough that he's become, you know, right. Kind of a crucial part of this team. Um, and shifting him into leadoff spot, like Ben was saying, you know, when he's drawn walks and things of that nature, um, has it seemed to help the offense click a little bit too because that's a you know leadoff has been a spot where they haven't just been great this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I the the dynamic thing is is interesting. You know, I think that was obviously a big part of what Bader was doing outside of mm-hmm. his you know good play. But every team needs someone like that. At least you know, I it seems that way. And uh, the that's been part of what's so fun about this team this year is that balance of You've got the like stoic MVP in Paul Goldschmidt. You've got the like frenetic insanity of Nolan Arenado. And then, but he's still very serious. You know, he just like can't sit still for anything. And then you've got Pujols just fucking living his bachelor life now, <laughs> <laughs> hitting dingers and, and having a great time. And then some of these younger guys like Newt Bar you know, bringing that balance and bringing that energy. It's been a lot of fun. I think it, I know he didn't create it, but they, I, they were saying the broadcast the other day that new is really the one who has really brought the pepper grinder thing. Yeah. Like he, he's really been the, the one spearheading it. I remember, uh, it, this was maybe a week and a half ago or something like that. Uh, Jimmy, the cat was, uh, I, he was just doing like an in game, uh, uh, like update or whatever. And he was kind of talking about the idea I just broke my watch. Um, was he was talking <laughs> <What>? about? <laughs> wait, wait. I was I mean, why did talk about his watch? I don't. Know. <laughs> Dang you it! Just what? What? What broke the 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 finger clasp thingy? I don't know. What, what do you call it? It doesn't matter. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, damn it! I've had this watch forever. Um, so <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, Jimmy the Cat was talking about how Lars is the type of guy that can make fun of Nolan in pregame warmups and everyone's like waits for a second and then Nolan laughs and then everybody else laughs. And I think that that I just thought that was like the fact that he thought that that was a report worthy made me think, wow, <laughs> Nolan must be a psycho during pregame warmups. He just takes it that seriously. And then also, you know, equal part uh, that Lars must be just the most fun guy. And I do believe like if you're going to win, um, I know it gets into that narrative stuff that we're, we try to avoid generally. But if you're going to win, you're going to need what you're talking about, that balance of the unbelievable competitiveness of Yachty and Nolan and, and the fun of, of Newt. And um, I don't know who, who else is fun. Tyler's kind of fun. He he's fun in a weird way. Um, well, he's just, yeah, I just love boys. it. You know, he, yes, he is. he's just trying to make Mr. Canada proud out there for the boys. Um, did you all happen to check out the article in fan graphs about Newt bar? Heck Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I read through it, most of it. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting. You know, the the plate approach was something that, you know, he kind of has always had and translated really well to the minors. That's what you were talking about, Ben, the the walk rate. And then um, but it is the power that's been really surprising. And uh 
he's at nine home runs now over like 180 at bats or something, you know, a, a pace of 20 plus if you play a full season, uh, which yeah. obviously looks great if your OBP is over 400. My and shout out Ben Clemens, who is a, a St. Louis and I think a, a great writer for Van Graphs. Uh, so good, good job, Ben. Another Ben out there doing great work. <laughs> There's um, not a lot of them. <laughs> what I thought was, uh, or, or I guess something that I kind of like tacked onto in his article was the idea of like the Cardinals player development. Just, oh yeah, this is a, a kind of guy who's got kind of a good approach. We like his attitude. Eighth rounder. We don't know where he's going to play defensively. And then you look up three, four years after he's drafted. And now he's like driving one of the best offenses in the national league to a central division victory. Um, and just the ability for, I don't know if it's, it's the scouting, if it's the development, if it's the minor league coaching, if it is all of those things kind of working together. Um, but he's, you know, I, I don't want to put the Matt Carpenter hat on Lars already, but he is just another one of those guys, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, that this team has been full of for, I don't know, a decade plus. Um, it's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, he did the driveline stuff and everything, This what, this, especially this off, last offseason, right? Yeah. Um, it was really kind of, you know, because you're right, when he was drafted, it was a lot of his name. I mean, that's why everybody latched on to it, at least. Uh, but he's yeah. obviously developed into more of that. I do wonder, I mean, I just wonder what the shelf life is for him. Um, because there do seem, you know, we see these players that come up and they're great, like their first year, maybe a two, and then it's kind of tapers off. But I think he's made enough changes and stuff. I think he's got a real chance to be a a solid player for five or six years. Um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I, I think that, I don't think there's anything that just screams like fluke or anything about what he's doing. I think that's part of the point of that article too, right? Is that he's a different player than he was even last right. year. They said uh, he increased his bat speed by eight miles per hour. And bat speed isn't everything, as is very well pointed out in the article. But it certainly uh, can help a lot, especially when paired with the really good plate approach. Basically, he is really good at only swinging at, at balls inside the zone. And since he's really good at that, and his bat speed is higher. He's making good, hard contact when he hits the ball. And, uh, you know, it's not hard for any player to sort of fall apart. But I think the the approach is something that is usually more sustainable than some other guys' like tickets to success. So we'll see. Um, I, I definitely think, like, the Cardinals maybe caught on to his changes a little bit faster than maybe even or then like within we did as fans, you know, makes the Bader trade make even more sense when you start to think like, well, new bar is playing every day. Uh, so it's fun. I, I hope it sticks. Uh, I, I, it certainly seems like it will, of course he will struggle even his last four games. He's like three for 17 or something like that. So he's in a little bit of a, a mini slump right now, but that's going to happen for any, any, anybody, except for Paul Goldschmidt, um, but who actually has had a little bit of one of those in Cincinnati. He, has, too, so. he was striking out a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to happen. Um, but I think uh, he's like top five in OBP over the last like three months or something. It's, it's really, really incredible. And that is really all the Cardinals need with Goldschmidt and Arenado. You just need yeah. guys to get on around him. And, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, Donovan and him getting on base all the time. Just, you know, there, there's not a eh, Lars has gotten a little bit of power. Donovan's got none, but 
all you need is people on the bags when those two guys are up and you're set up. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think it's telling about how balanced this team is, is that now I've mentioned this on one of my other shows is, you know, they're going to have, obviously they're going to have the MVP and, and no one's going to be right up there too. You're going to have Michaelis and Wainwright probably getting some Cy Young votes on the fringes. And then you've got people like Newt Barr and Donovan that are going to be getting Rookie of the Year votes. And then Ollie Marmol is probably going to get Manager of the Year votes. I mean, the Cardinals may not, they'll probably, they'll win MVP, but they may not win any of these others, but they're going to have a presence in all these awards. And that's not something you can say very often. Yeah. And probably at least two or three gold gloves again. Mm -hmm. You know, you probably, Mm -hmm. you're certainly locking in Arenado. Um, well, it actually kind of gets pretty thin after that. But the, well, it, with the, the, the playing injuries. time has been an issue. But that, yeah, that's what Arenado, yeah. Goldie, Edmund, and Edmund, Edmund was. If they do a, they, there's been that um, like lobby for a all star utility man role. I think you, I think there should be a similar argument for um, utility player for Gold Glove um, because you'll end up with those years where like a guy who's is clearly an elite defender wins gold glove at like second base, even though he only played like 40 games there. Yeah. You know, um, do you, do you think that reward would be like three gloves? Like you got your corner infield glove, your middle infield glove and an outfield glove. You get like, Oh, like a, like a little, uh, what's the Pokemon, the Doug trio, like a little, yeah, it's like a Doug trio of, of (laughs) gloves. Yeah. It's Um, It's a nesting doll. You just take one off the top, you know. <laughs> Much more relatable. No, right no <laughs> Daniel. It's a Pokemon. <laughs> I I'm think just trying to like, reach uh, the old person in the graphic here. How about a how about a how about a Cerberus? It's like a Cerberus gold glove. That's there too scary. I don't like that. Defending the gates of Hades. I'm sorry, that is pretty scary. <laughs> God. Baseball is scary enough. I don't need a demon dog with three gloves for heads. I mean, <laughs> we know what you feel about ghost runners. So I, oh God. <laughs> please. It's almost September. The second spookiest month. Uh, right before October. <laughs> Pre spooky. All right. Uh, <laughs> where are we? Where are we going from here? I, I keep getting right. a little distracted. I think all three of us also have the the uh, at least some some way of keeping tabs on the game that's happening right now, um, and we're in the it's the bottom of the ninth. So yeah, uh, but yeah, they timestamp this episode. Yeah, I, I'll drive for a second, Nate. If you'd hand over the keys, uh, sure, control freak Please. monster. Um, we're talking about one of the outfielders. I think it's time to start talking about Tyler O'Neill because he has been hot, hot, hot. I have written here. He's <laughs> back. Um, and I'm calling it. I think Tyler's going to scream to the finish line. I think old Tyler is back. He's getting behind the ball. He is. And the home runs are coming in bunches right now. He's got four home runs already this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a couple of more against these, uh, terrible pitchers that he's, uh, playing against. Um, when Tyler is, I mean, I, I believe that when Tyler is healthy and right, he is maybe not a top 10, but a top 20 player in the league. And when you pair him up with the seasons that Arenado and Goldschmidt, even if it's only going to be a month in the playoffs that, I mean, that changes the team in a way that I, 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 I'm, I don't even know how to think about it. Cause I'm just going to be so excited if it kind of sticks around and this, this offense 
is going to go from what, like the second, fourth ish best in the league to one or two easily, right? Yeah. Well, he might be the best power hitter on the team, and that's over Arenado and Goldschmidt. Uh, it's it's incredible. Um, and he's actually been pretty much other than his first two months, he has been really good. He he had the first injury, came back and was good, and then had the second injury and came back and has been even better, looking just like he was in the second half of last year. So uh it's it's incredibly exciting and and there is just something fun about him and the way he plays and I don't know. I like he is, you know, maybe my favorite player. It's really hard to pick with this team right now. Yeah. Kind of everyone is my favorite player, but um, I, I'm such a fan of his. And yeah, it, it changes the dynamic of the team entirely when you basically have to go through three 30 home run plus guys in a row. Uh, and then, of course, adding in Newt Bar and Donovan probably being on base between the two of them. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And he brings that speed element that like an Arenado and a Goldie don't really have too. So he can get on base, go first to third really well, steal a base. Um, you know, a lot of people going into the season were predicting that, you know, a 40, 20 season for O'Neill wasn't that crazy to, to, to think of. Obviously we're nowhere near that, but that's the type of talent that he has. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you can, when he's, when he's on and at least, being a credible threat um, that changes a lot of, a lot of things. I mean, it definitely deepens the lineup. Um, and yeah, it, it does feel like he's kind of starting to get those you know legs underneath him. Um, he's definitely becoming more of a threat and, you know, I, you know, we'll see how that translates in the off season or the postseason, and, and hopefully it continues. Um, yeah, but you, you definitely like him, like him rolling through some of these weaker pitchers and getting his confidence and stroke um, before you go into to October. Yeah, and he's the only guy in the outfield, too, that I think is, you know, new is getting there, obviously, because of his play. But like mm-hmm. with the the fluctuations in the outfield and, and Marmol's increasing willingness to play matchups, um, he's the only one that's out there every night, you know, and, and I think rightfully so. I think he has outside of Arenado and Goldschmidt, he's got to have the longest leash of any player on the team because of his performance last year and his ability to change a game, you know, with one swing. Yeah. So, so funny because at the beginning of this year, I would have said, you know, assuming health, uh, O'Neal, Bader, Carlson get 140 plus starts in their respective positions this year. And it is. Yeah. That well, that has just not happened. Obviously, <laughs> some of it's health, yeah. health, some of it's trading, some of it's Dylan center field play, some of it's Corey Dickerson, some of it's Lars Newbar. <laughs> just did not think this season was or the outfields were going to play play out like it has. Well, kind of wild. It was. I mean, how many years in the making was it to get to? All right, we've got our outfield. <laughs> it's O'Neill, Bader, Carlson. Cardinal fans rejoice. This is your outfield for the next five years. You're looking at the youngest best defensive outfield in baseball. And also, Hey, all of them are going to hit 25 home runs. Right. (laughs) Um, and we got half a season of that last year, basically. (laughs) And it was tight. We had a 17 game winning streak, you know, and, and we came into this year, like you were saying, Ben, like, this is it. We don't have to worry about it. Outfield. Randy Arozarena, who we don't need him. 
uh adolis garcia what we don't need him we've got our uh we've got our outfield and do uh, another one ne- um uh cory dickerson yes <laughs> all right tommy fam tommy there we fam. go <laughs> win um boston red sox um and yeah now it's only well it was like a month into the season and that was all yeah. done. And yeah, I mean, I, the Bader injury is a big one and everything sort of spiraled down from there. Cause you know, now you, you Carlson slides into center, but uh, I mean, a lot of this too, I think if you didn't have Newt bar and Dickerson playing the way they are, it is still Carlson in center, right? Uh, you know, O'Neill and left and then right is probably just Newt bar or maybe Newt bar and Dickerson. But uh, Burleson might be up. Yeah. Juan Pez. Lots yeah. of names. Uh, the kind of, to kind of move us on, uh, you, you're kind of hinting at it. Uh, t- I want to talk about Dylan really quick. Um, how are you feeling? I'm checking in with, with both of you fine gentlemen right now. He has a 617 OPS over the last month. Ali has publicly said that he doesn't like his at bats against lefties. Um, or, or sorry, righties. I apologize. Uh, Daniel, I'm going to pass it to you. How are you feeling about Dylan Carlson right now? I mean, it's, it's definitely a step back. Um, it's a possibility that this, the rest of the year might be kind of a wash, but I think in long term you're still pretty, pretty high on him. I mean, we've seen what he can do. Um, we're going to just have to see if he can make the adjustments that he needs to make. And I don't see any reason why he can't. Um, and, you know, as, he, as Marmol said, even if he was hitting better with Dickerson and Newt Barr on O'Neill, it becomes difficult to get him out there to try to, to see the live pitching that he probably needs to. And it gets to be a bit of a, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy to some degree. So I don't know that I'm, I'm a little bit, if, it, if for this year, yeah, uh, there's some concern, but long term, I don't think I'm there yet. Yeah, I don't know. You're telling me this is the guy they wouldn't trade straight up for Juan Soto. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a victim of his own poor play and also the extreme turnaround that Corey Dickerson has had and and the breakout of Lars Newbar. Um, who knows how these things would be different if he had been playing every day and in, in center or right field during all of these struggles. Um, he's shown the ability to make adjustments in the past and he's obviously struggling and that's compounded when your team is in the race and can't really afford to let you work it out. So yeah, I'm not as worried about it. Um, not long-term, but yeah, I, I certainly seems like for the net, for the rest of this season, as long as Dickerson and or Newt Bar are playing well, like why why would you start him? That's part of the whole reason that they have Marmol now is the willingness sure. to play these matchups. Yeah, and I guess I was kind of I, I don't think I, I'm not hitting the panic button or anything, but I guess I you're kind of talking about the leash that uh, is allowed for Tyler O'Neill to figure things out. I kind of just assume that Dylan had a similar thing. Uh, he's our guy. He's our center fielder. Let's figure this out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's probably it. He'll maybe he'll start against, you know, here and there pitchers and, uh, the matchups that Ollie and, and the team likes, but yeah, I, I guess I was more just surprised that they didn't let him work it out, especially with the rest of the offense kind of moving in the way that it has. Um, 
But at the same time, like it's just when, really hard to sit Newt Bar or Dickerson right now. It is. And what I'm learning is that when Dickerson's on, it is like the way that he when he is hot, the way that he can just oh, he's almost like Vladdy, old Vladdy, where he's hitting super bad balls all over the strike zone, not even in 10, the strike zone. Baby. Yeah. 10 for 10. What the hell was that? Yeah. Cardinal record over the in the <laughs> last couple of weeks. 10 for 10. Insane. Yes. <laughs> I'm it yelling about doesn't it. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm 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 ex- mad. Are you excited? I can't tell. Both. Okay. Me we're too. We're gonna see Corey, we're gonna see Corey Dickerson's name in like Carnal has history, maybe forever. The the <laughs> the league record is 12, and he's at 10. Wow. He may never get beaten. <laughs> now I know I know that y'all have been big supporters of Corey Dickerson all the way through. Day one. Day one. Ever since. Ride or die. But have you ever seen probably a more convenient and more um, helpful injury than what Corey Dickerson had? Because, I mean, (laughs) for me, it just felt like he was, you know, with there was a time where O'Neill was coming back, where Bader or uh, Carlson was coming back. There wasn't going to be room. Yeah. And then he gets hurt. And then he, you know, he comes back, there's plenty of time, and then all of a sudden he's setting cardinal records. Was it another yeah. impingement? Was he out with an impingement? Was he a part of the impingement? I don't I don't spree? think he was impinged. It was <laughs> a thought, foot thing, wasn't it? Or, okay. ankle, or I thought he specifically called out C70's Twitter account for <laughs> being mean to him and not oh, believing in him. That might have been it. He had to block out the 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 haters or oh, I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly the verbatim what he kept saying. I mean, if I had a nickel that. for every time that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think you're? Are you fueling him? Or are you you? Uh, how how does that magic work? I don't fully understand it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole thing, right? I mean we we we've got to do the tough love on some of these people. There you go. Yeah, okay. And you know you got to you've got to know your audience. This is like the managers. <laughs> they have to know what buttons to push on these players. And I think we as fans have to know the same thing. You know, some of these guys, they need a lot of support. But some of these guys just, we they want to prove us wrong. And we've no, got to give them something yeah. to prove wrong. That's a great point. Wow. So what everyone attacked we, Corey Dickerson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not us, though. Always loved him. Always. Extend him. 20 years. Um, <laughs> I'm working on my statue. Uh, well, we've got a lot more to talk about. We always have a lot more to talk about. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break and remind everyone that this show is supported on Patreon. Uh, if you enjoy the show, want to see it grow, want to support us and join a fun little community, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, patrons of any level get access to what we call the birds gourd. It's a private discord server where we're talking about birds and other baseball related <laughs> things. <laughs> Only bird talk. It's a lot of bird talk. Um, tweet, tweet. The mods are and, aggressive. Uh, yeah. Um, I appreciate y'all letting, you know, the, the Sesame street, big bird stuff go through though. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> it's still a bird. It's an, I mean, it's a big bird. It's very right. much a bird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so, uh, yeah, check that out. We 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 love all of our existing patrons, and we hope uh, to see some of you uh, people in there. And uh, if you're a young person, grab your parents' credit card, sign up for it. It'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, um, 
order us some pizzas. Yeah, and, ooh, uh, yeah. you know, you might be a, a, a passive uh, podcast listener. Get engaged, baby. You know, become a part of it. Get in the get in the Discord and uh, you know be a part of it. So uh, you can also leave us a uh, review on your favorite podcast platform. That is helpful, and we enjoy it. It it warms our cheesy black little hearts. And uh, I don't know, it was like a pizza thing. I was thinking, yeah, of, of course, but, um, of yeah. course, it's pizza. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben, why don't you tell the people where they can find us online? Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. You can follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Again, Twitter, Talk About Birds. Instagram, Talking About Birds. Um, Emphasis could, on about. Couldn't <laughs> be more simple. Um, yep. As always, uh, if you have any thoughts, musings, questions, um and you know we're we're turning as the season winds down i encourage you nate needs your help uh emotionally it's true. um it's true. generally so we're not picking on nate anymore uh september Physically. is going to be <laughs> god i can't um, reach send, all the things on my shelves if you're tall <laughs> send in your words of encouragement to talk about birds at gmail.com yeah i appreciate that um Daniel, so if someone's listening to this show and they're like, I don't know why I'm still listening to this, but this guy, he gets it. Um, where can they find you and how could they get into more C70 content? Um, that's that's a sad, sad individual, <laughs> but it's possible, I guess. That's exactly the type of people that we look for, though. We're the saddest <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that. Okay. Um, yeah, you're going to find me at C70 on Twitter. Um, I haven't written as much. In fact, it's been a while. I need to catch up. But I'm writing at uh, C70 bat, which is cardsconclave.com slash C70. Um, you can find me over there. You'll find me. I've got a substack that I use occasionally, um, cardinal70.substack.com. And... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You got the podcast, Meet Me at Mutual Gateway to Baseball Heaven. Um, you can find those on any place. You're, if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, you probably can find those shows there too. So <laughs> check them out. <laughs> yeah, check them out. And we've had uh, you know one of your co-hosts, at least Tara, on recently. Mm-hmm. Um, great show. Yeah, she, she, she's the one that brings up the quality. Both of my co-hosts, <laughs> Tara and, and Alan Medlock, bring things up, and, and then I'm there to make sure that they you know, stay grounded or something. And that's why you're perfect for our show. We just <laughs> were... <laughs> Tara's too good for this show. All right. Um, let's get into the back half. So um, just some, some broader Cardinal news. Um, I think we should start by talking about Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, for the 20th time this season, the, the amount of talking about someone to t- playing time, yeah. uh, ratio is like maybe only beaten by Alex Reyes, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, here we are again. Uh, the season, there's five weeks left or so, and we have yet another Jack Flaherty watch. He has completed another uh, rehab assignment tonight, by all accounts, effective. And really the last bar to pass before he returns to the rotation, very likely taking Dakota Hudson's spot. There's talk of a six man rotation, but I think even with at this point, it's probably Woodford and Flaherty rather than Hudson and Flaherty. But 
that's kind of a whole different topic. But anyway, how are you feeling about the potential of a likely, I think, Labor Day, Jack Flaherty start? I mean, he hit 100 on the gun tonight in spring what? club now. Yeah, that's what's what I was seeing, 100 or 101. Now, granted, it's I don't know what Springfield's gun's like and, and things of that nature. It's just a guy but, who's like, that looked like yeah, 101. Yeah, they, they do the old uh, Bob Feller thing, and they rev up the motorcycle and see if it gets yeah. past you. Um, <laughs> but I think even that, I think that just says that Flaherty seems to be coming back focused and dedicated to do something. Um so I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see it. I will see. I mean, again, I think a lot of us continue to believe that we'll see 2019 Jack Flaherty again. I don't know. You know, that's, that's awful hard to do, but if he can, I mean, like you said, the bar is be better than Dakota Hudson. <laughs> he can do that. <laughs> so, yeah. um, or at least be more entertaining while he's trying. So um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what he's gotten. I mean, if nothing else, he's fairly fresh arm for the for the stretch run. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, how are you feeling? Well, here I, I just want to kind of read off some other people's work really quick. Uh, Derek Gould <laughs> it's our tweeted, favorite thing to do. <laughs> Derek Gould just tweeted uh, a couple hours ago while the start was still going. Jack Flaherty has struck out six of the first ten batters he's faced in his rehab start tonight. He's allowed one hit. That's it. The final line was six and two thirds with uh, nine fanned. Um, and the, apparently he's hitting triple digits, which I didn't think was something he was even capable of. And yeah, I think that speaks to everything that Daniel just said. And I also think it speaks to, Hey, his mechanics are probably where they need to be. Hey, that shoulder's gotta be healthy if he's throwing that hard. Um, and yeah, I mean, do can, can, does it make sense to bet the team's future on Jack Flaherty returning to his second half 2019 form where he was arguably the best pitcher in baseball for a couple of months? No, um, the bar, the Dakota Hudson bar is low. Um, and, and I, I want to, uh, I, I just want to look through my Cardinals rose colored glasses. And I want to talk about like, what if he does slot in front of Wayno and Michaelis? What if he is that ace? What if he does come back healthy? I mean, that the change that that could make to this team and what that looks like in the playoffs is just next level. So, um, I'm feeling I'm starting to get all fizzy and excited right now. I'm feeling really yeah. good about it. I'm trying not to get my heart broken again. But yeah, I mean, it's the one thing. This team is clicking. Everything seems great. It's like the one thing that the Cardinals don't have that most other uh, teams that are really competing for a championship uh, is a is a is a true ace. I mean, we all love Wayno. Montgomery's looking great. Michaelis, he's been struggling a little bit, but like we all know we have starters who can pitch effective games, but there's just something um, confidence building about being able to go in and at least, you know, one game, you probably have the best pitcher on the mound, or at least your pitcher can stand up against the guy who's on the other side. And like, I think any series against the Mets, any series against the Dodgers, uh, maybe even the, the Phillies, maybe the Braves, like you're going to see, you know, that the, the arrow is going to point towards their starting pitcher like every time on almost every matchup until you get to like, you know, longer series and you're seeing the, 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 the threes and the fours against each other. And so a truly effective clarity totally changes that equation. Uh, and it's exciting. But 
we've also had like exactly this conversation so many times this year <laughs> and really over the last since 2019 right like it's been the story with him so that rehab start is is incredibly uh exciting and you know we are a optimistic cardinal podcast so i'm i'm excited about his return and i just really like jack clarity as a person he's he you know he is uh I don't know. I, I like him. So talk um, about like competitive, like yeah. maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's again, it's a good balance to the team, you know? So him and Arenado can just like headbutt each other after every game <laughs> until one passes out or whatever people like that do. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's good for both of them. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Um, I think the other big story, uh, that you know everyone's watching and uh has become this is kind of like the streak was for me last year where it's like no way that this can keep going no way this will this will they'll, they'll do this it's albert pools and his home run uh chase now um at one point the concept of even getting close to a rod seemed out of out of bounds and now he's two behind that and six behind uh 700 it's been a lot of fun yeah and i'll throw out there also we need to just mention that he has now hit more home runs off of different pitchers than anyone in baseball ever um which is just amazing yeah i saw that on, there's only like 39 baseball players in the game's history have 450 home runs and uh you know he has 450 home runs off of individual pitchers uh i i'm not going to remember this stat fully but i it's worth even partially bringing up um it was brought up on the broadcast or reporter somebody anyways um the idea that he has homered off just over four percent of all pitchers who have ever pitched in baseball (laughs) (laughs) that is pretty incredible yeah yeah i mean you know he's in that this year, this little victory lap, you know, he's it's putting him over the like passing stand usual and total bases now setting this record. You know, this is the sort of stuff that you only get from being 42 years old and still being competitive. It's truly incredible. So uh, I've got tickets now. I'm going with uh, some friends and some friends of the show uh, uh, on uh, the September 30th game the Friday night game of the last series at home. Oh, jealous. I am. I am very excited. I think I'm yeah, going is- to, I'm going to catch number 700. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely catch a ball that's thrown to me from like 20 feet away, but you got I this. think I can, I think I can beat out, you know, all of the people that are out there. Uh, it's definitely has the feel of, at least especially the last couple of weeks, it's had the feel of 1998 again. Yeah. Um, the idea of watching to see what, what Albert does and then almost expecting him to like tonight, you know, starting against the lefty in Cincinnati. It's very, it's almost like disappointing that he didn't get a home run. Um, right. To, to be able to, to, you know, live through that again, even if just a little bit of a different feel is something. And that's one of the reasons, I mean, again, obviously there's been benefits to Albert, being on this team this year beyond just you know feel good 
but that was one of the reasons, one of the things they were hoping for, right? When they got him, he was productive enough that these kind of, you know, this kind of moment, this kind of excitement is, is there and he's delivered. It's truly incredible how much this has worked out for the Cardinals, uh, you know, and it's really been his post all-star break run that has changed the entire story about yeah. this signing. Um, you know, I was thinking about that 98 run earlier, uh, Daniel, I, um, it's, I can't re- you think I could remember this part of it, but I was at Bush for home run either like 60 or 59. It was one of the last few. I bet if I really pulled up the schedule and like went through it, I could figure out what game I was at. But 60 um, was a Saturday afternoon and against the Reds, I think. So yeah, it helps wow. you any. What? <laughs> um, of course, yeah, Daniel just knows that's that. impressive. Um, you got to remember, I you know, I was that was a I was what uh, twenty four or so like that. That was the summer I was following it. Yeah, yeah, significantly. I remember where I was watching most of those. So yeah, yeah that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that is that's incredible. Um, so this was at night. At least my memory of it was at night. So it might have been fifty nine or I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it doesn't really matter. The thing that like really I remember, which is different though is um, every single swing, you'd have like 43,000 or whatever flash bulbs going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I that I remember vividly is just like you just the entire other side of the stadium is just a like a flash blur on every single swing because everyone wants to get a picture of that. And, uh, you know, probably for the better, we don't get that anymore because our phones are good enough to take <laughs> and what were those flashes doing anyway you're in the you know, yeah. bleeds you're you know what it, <laughs> but just got um, a picture of somebody else's flash <laughs> yeah exactly but um but yeah it's uh you know these these deep you know historic home run races are part of what's fun about baseball and very unique to the sport it's such an individual accomplishment um that is is such a singular moment too um so yeah a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on with the cardinals i think we could keep talking about a lot of different things but we're getting a little long so i think we should uh jump into our our last segment here before we uh go into the 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 games and whatnot um there's been a there's been a number of interesting stories around the league uh this week ben why don't you uh kick us off yeah why are you smiling nate um, There's just a couple in here that yeah. are that are really making me laugh. So okay, I'm gonna try to drive through these quickly because yeah, we are uh, we uh, we still got a game to play. Um, all right, so this one I, I have this uh, number one with a bullet more because I found it funny than anything that the Red Sox um, upper management decided that they needed to come out this week and say they do plan on retaining Heim Bloom and Alex Cora, who are by the way under contract for next year. I think more than anything <laughs> that just illustrates how that year is gone. And if you read between the lines in some of these articles that are coming out, it seems like Alex Cora doesn't like Heim Bloom, and maybe the the, the like the the inverse is true as well. Um, Alex Cora kind of low low sh- like thrown shade, saying, uh, "I play to win every single game." I'm not sure if the front office agrees with that philosophy. Um, so I don't know. You know, trouble in paradise. I, I, I really think. When Heim Bloom coming in and trading Mookie Betts was the dumbest thing they could have done. I, I it didn't make sense at the time. Still doesn't make sense. They got a terrible package back for it. Boo. Yeah. 
Uh, never a good you you know things are not going well when the team feels the need to say we are hey we're not firing our uh <laughs> manager and general manager yeah <laughs> yeah but good. you know if you told them at the beginning of the year they were gonna finish behind the baltimore orioles then people were probably yeah. expecting something to happen well, in um, the the quick trigger we've been seeing from some other teams too, mm-hmm. right? With the the Rangers and the Tigers, um, yeah. You know, maybe of all of them, the Red Sox should be firing these guys. <laughs> Those other two were were way more surprising. They're committed to these two losers. <laughs> um, all right, next thing. Uh, this actually just came hot off the presses. This came out today. MLB announced that the Padres and Giants are going to have a full series in Mexico City next year, which I um I, I guess I, I more want to hear y'all's opinion on do you what what do you think of the games in London, the 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 now the uh, announced games in, in Mexico City? Uh they've tried stuff in Japan. I know they started the season a couple of years ago in Japan. Do you guys think there is value to that do you like it is it fun i yeah yeah i think as a fan it's fun i i'm actually way more supportive of um the games in mexico city i'd love to see games in puerto rico dominican republic these countries that are actual um you know full-on baseball countries that have a huge baseball presence and have a major part of the league london is fun i guess but like you know, I don't know exactly who that's for. I know there are a lot of baseball fans in England, but just the the travel time seems uh, kind of crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess London is cool and I'm glad they're doing games there, but I'm surprised that that was like before, uh, you know, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, things like that. It could be just a facilities thing, but either the MLB has more money than anyone would ever need. Like we could support... <laughs> They can support these countries where a lot of the players are coming from, you know, and 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 I, I would rather see that than London. But I, London's cool, too. And as long as the players, I guess we'll see, you know, like that's a it's a lot of travel for a couple games uh, right in the middle of the season. I think they get buffer off days around, but still, that's a lot. Um, but overall, I mean, it's a global game. Best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, generally come to the United States to play. And I think it's good to get it out there in front of other people. Yeah, the Cardinals played in Monterey, what, 19? Um, so yeah. it's not – I mean, it's Mexico's had a couple here and yeah. there. It is a little yeah. bit surprising. It's not a, nor regular. I think Mexico City is what? It's got elevation issues, much like Ben does, right? Um, even more ben, so. Ben, I ben think specifically has – Yeah, Ben specifically. <laughs> not, not just Denver, just Ben. I think um, Mexico so. City is over a mile high. Yeah, I think that is true. Yeah. It made sense so. to me when they were doing the games, like the first two regular season games were in Japan, yeah. you know, and then, and then it's like three or four days later, the, the, the rest of the regular season starts. So like the guys could have a little bit more normal travel during the regular season. Right. I'm not too worried about this, but like that is the part that sticks out to me is this like really extended travel. Um, but outside of that, you know, whatever, get the game out there. If, if people want to see it, that's cool. Yeah, and it's—I it, mean—it's kind of goes along with the idea of you know field of dreams game and st- other stuff like that. Yeah, seeing it in a little bit different environment, seeing it a little bit differently. Um, you know, I think it's—it's it's good. I mean, again, you don't want to do it all the time, and um, yeah. but there's there's definitely some benefit to it. Yeah, I yeah, I think I, I think I'm genuinely in agreement. Although Field of Dreams kind of fell flat this year, we'll I guess we'll see what happens. Well, don't have uh, two of the worst. Don't have two of the worst teams in baseball play each other. No, that like was they so had weird. An, 
they had at least last year's was like a competitive rivalry. Yeah, like the Cubs Reds. Like the Reds are hard to watch when the Cardinals are playing them. Yeah, we knew going into the season that at least the Reds were going to be bad. Cubs, we thought might have a competitive team, and turns out no. You know. Yeah. No, that's that's a game that's only going to not only but the first time it's going to be amazing no matter who's there. After that, it's going to lose its luster, even if it are good teams. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving down the line, uh, Aaron Judge home run update. He is at 51 with what, what do we got? About five, four and a half, five weeks to remain. Um, I'm starting to get locked in. We talked about this a while ago when he was kind of projecting to do this. Um, I kind of hold the opinion that if he breaks 62, I'm going to be very excited about it. Um, Shop I don't think we've talked to you about that. What What is your level of excitement around the Aaron judge home run chase. Are you, are you feeling 1998 ish or no? Not as much because it's not, you know, I'm focused in on the Cardinals. If it was happening with them, I'm sure I would be more so. Um, but yeah, I think there's definite, should be definite buzz. Cause I don't know that for the last few years, I didn't know that anybody would get to 50 home runs again, yeah. you know, much less try to, you know, really get in the sixties. Um, but you know, I think somebody made a point on, on Twitter today. It's like, the ball is so different here and there. It's, it's hard to, you know, any, any home run season, you're going to be able to, you know, put in, well, this, this happened or that happened or, you know, expansion or whatever the case may be. So I think you, you got to celebrate it and enjoy it for, for what it is and not to worry too much about, you know, is it the best season of all time or anything? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really care about adding or subtracting asterisks to it. I think it'd be a, a significant mm-hmm. accomplishment for him to break Maris's record. Um, but you won't see me saying like, well, he's the true single season home run record holder yeah. or anything like that. I, I yeah. really, you know, I don't, I'm not really interested in having that debate. Um, but I think it's incredible and I, I, I do hope he does it just cause it's fun. And, you yeah. know, it's also an incredible story on, of a dude betting on himself, on uh, from a contract standpoint, <laughs> just like, I mean, ultimate. Like, you know, he turns down one of the biggest contract offers of all time and then goes and does this. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. I, I think that contract's going to start with a three now. And I did, would not yeah. have said that a few months ago. Yeah, he pretty did it. I mean, he's doing he's doing exactly what he he uh, said he would do. Yeah. 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 Which um, to be fair, right. he said he would do this every year for like six years straight, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but still. All right. I don't think there's a good way to order these next two stories I've written down, so I'm just going to buzz through them, and uh, I apologize to people with taste. Um, Two stories in two (laughs) weeks around couples performing sex acts at MLB games. The first one was in Oakland, way up in the 500 level, and just two days ago, there was one in Toronto that was going around the internet. And my question is, what the hell is going on with people? Listen I, you know what? We give Rob Manfred a lot of shit, right? We, <laughs> we, we think he, he's not connected with the younger generation, but I think he's figured it out. We want more millennials. We want more Gen Z in the ballpark. This is some guerrilla marketing for baseball. I got to give credit where credit's due. Rob Manfred, he's getting the millennials in the ballpark. <laughs> you well, think you know, this is, I've, I've heard, I thought. <laughs> You know, from all intents, I've thought everything I've heard is that scoring was down around the league, but apparently not. <laughs> uh, apparently, oh it's on the oh, from the top rope. 
Uh, yeah, all, so, right. all right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, that was too Just good. Them. Uh, all right. Now, to totally change the mood, Tony La Russa, um, he uh, has been having a god-awful season with the White Sox. They are underperforming. He is not managing the team anymore. They're not really talking about what's happening other than health issues. Um, I, I, I don't even know if it's worth just kind of pontificating on this fact, but I, I think it's newsworthy. We've been kind of picking on TLR all year for, I think, well-deserved reasons, um, but kind of a wild way for this to seemingly end. I Obviously, I think we all hope he's okay, but just strange into this weird White Sox chapter, potentially. I mean, he, he could come back. We really don't know. I think he's done, and I think it's equal parts likely that this is real and that he has an actual health issue and that I hope he's, you know, I wish him well and he recovers and, you know, and all that. And then there's equal parts that this is just a organization trying to let a, a current hall of famer, uh, exit the scene with some degree of, you know, dignity that they can sort of wave off and say it was health issues. Cause I, I think it, he's done. You know, that a team that is struggling can only have so many uh, manager related articles before they start to, you know, try to move on from them. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I honestly, I'm, I'm fairly, I feel pretty confident that it is something. Yeah. I think um, that's and it may, yeah. and it may explain some of the stuff that we've seen this year. Right. I mean, some of the, you know, walk seeming to lose track accounts or walking people when there weren't a reason to be walking people. You know, it, it seems like it's not just a. I mean, it, it's hard to know. Again, we're just hearing you know health scare or health issues or whatever. But you know, the players didn't know about it. It kind of came out of nowhere. It seems like maybe it's not like a a cancer situation, and it's definitely not the shingles again. Um, <laughs> but um, throwback. Yeah, I think that um, there's a, probably a decent reason for concern there uh, because it is yeah. uh, you know, so weird to see this happen. And, you know, you may be right. Maybe it is just a, okay, we're going to push him off into the corner and, and not have to deal with him. But, you know, their season, I guess, still has has some hope. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's given what Reinsdorf and the relationship that he's had with Tony LaRusso, I don't know that he would necessarily sign off on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I hope, I guess I hope it's the latter because it just means he's, you know, healthy and can Mm -hmm. move on. Uh, But yeah, I said it was likely equal chances. You're probably right that it, unfortunately it is more likely just to be what they're saying it is. I don't know how many teams try to pull off like, subterfuge like that you know um but the, uh the thing that's bizarre about this is that the the article that i was reading was talking he was uh on the field talking with tim anderson before the game tim anderson obviously in the il right now he was talking to some reporters and then he was just gone um Ooh. so yeah i don't know um i yeah i i think we all share the same sentiment though i hope he's you know okay yeah well, uh, on that bummer note, we're we're done with this section of the uh, of yeah, the sorry. episode, and so now we're going to move to the end where we do a stupid game. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, you know, we asked uh, 
Daniel here to come on the show, uh, you know, to try to punch it up a little bit. We've really been struggling lately. And um, he uh, he <laughs> responds saying, like, do you basically is it OK if I do the game, uh, if I run the game on this episode? And, uh, you know, I'm like, well, I can't turn that down. Hell Although, yeah. I mean, I, you know, part of the part of this whole thing is that I don't have to actually i i just make ben look stupid via the game <laughs> and people just assume that i maybe know what i'm talking about or you don't ever even have to think about it because i just orchestrate them all the time i'm a little puppet master you know yeah you sound and, really smart uh, when you literally have all the answers <laughs> yeah exactly that's not a bird you idiot that's a guy <laughs> i sound smart when i play duck sounds uh, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, hand over the puppet strings to, uh, to Daniel here. And we don't know what he's planning at all. He's just, it has, he said he has an idea for a game and here we are. So I'm going to turn it over to you, to you, Daniel. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, uh, I'm a good guest. I like to bring something to the table. Last time it was the, the table read of, you know, the social media this time, <laughs> I thought maybe the people would like to see Ben Nate deathmatch. Um, unfortunately, now I should I say I'm going to cheat though. So <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody expects anything different. Um, okay. So actually this is a decent transition from Tony the Bruce because I was looking this week at Ollie Marmol and his managerial record and where it fit into Cardinal history. And so now we're going to play a game called, Somehow I manage. Um, oh, so God. Nate didn't have a chance to do the song, so just think of somehow I manage like 15 times in a row. With some <laughs> somehow sort of weird I manage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, I have, and I have way too many. So I have 18 questions here. I'm not going to do them all. Oh, my I'm God. I'm going to give you the options. Whoever wins the question gets to pick the next one. Okay. Okay. Um, most of them are numbers. We'll do the prices right thing you know highest without going over okay um Ugh. but a couple of them have names um if i will give that option to whoever's whoever goes first you know the second okay. person can you know say they're right they're wrong whatever the case may be if we get to okay that. all right and, and um, to be clear so they, essentially if i get the question right then i say i want to do question six right, right. okay all right so okay um, who wants to go first? I do. We have a do we have a volunteer? I will uh, go first. All right. All right. All we'll right. let Ben go first. All right, Ben. Do you gonna pick your number question? I will choose number. You said there's eighteen. Eighteen. I'm gonna go with number seventeen because that's a a lucky number for me. Number seventeen. All right. Now this is all from Baseball Reference. Their list of managers. It's all managers that are considered to have been the manager it's not interim necessarily it's not a guy that you know like ollie marmol this year was out for a game and skip schumacher managed it doesn't count skip it gives that win to ollie so okay so it's anybody that actually was technically the manager so there are 65 different managers in cardinal history how many of them have managed more than four seasons four seasons 65. Okay. 
Well, I know Schilt is not on the list. I know Ali Marmol <laughs> is not on the list. I know Mike Matheny and Tony LaRusa are. So I got ben, that. Ben's going to work his way through 65 <laughs> yeah. managers. I, I know think. Poppy Magoo from 1904. <laughs> I, <laughs> that was I don't know. unbelievably stupid. I'm That's going a 1904 say, name. Shut up, Nate. I'm okay. going to say I'm going to lock in seven. Seven. Seven managers. Nate. Ben, that is literally exactly what I was going to guess. Was seven. Oh, oh, I was going to say what you said. Oh. So now it's been dumbass. Uh, <laughs> it's been a <laughs> I like this me versus you. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with eight. That's messed up. All right. The answer is 12. Oh. 12 managers. Put it on the board. Come first. So Nate is on the board. Nate. Glad I, glad I didn't guess seven. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible guess. Damn it. <laughs> All right, Nate. Your question. Give me number three. Number three. All right. Who has the highest, and this is a name, so have, this will have to do. Who has the highest winning percentage out of Cardinal managers? Hmm. Well, I think. I think I, I, yeah, sorry, just sitting in silence. That's good. That's good radio. <laughs> good <for> um, <laughs> best 30 seconds we've had the show show. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone could rest easy for a moment. Um, so I, it's hard. I'm trying to think if it's anybody other than. Oh, you're trying to uh, think? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Got him. Um, I, I'm I I can only think of so many Cardinal managers and the and the Cardinals were bad through so many various decades. I'm trying to think who were the managers during the winningest time periods, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like this is a trick question because I feel like Mike Matheny is probably actually really high on that list because of the teams that he inherited before he was a part of driving them into the ground of the late uh, 2010s. Um, but then I'm thinking there's Tony LaRusso who obviously managed for a long time and, and was, a uh, manager of the do, early 2000s. Do, do, I'm going to say do, Mike do, Matheny. Do. All right. Ben. Okay. So Ben has to, is Ben. Okay. So do, do you want to, do you, do you think it's somebody, do you think it's Matheny or do you think it's someone I, different? So I was actually thinking it was Matheny as well because I know he inherited. Well, I was going to say what he. <laughs> <laughs> I know he inherited the hundred win team. They were good for a while with him. I don't even think he even had a losing season. Um, yeah, I'm going to lock in Matheny too. I think that is correct. All right, both of you going with Mike Matheny. Both yeah, of you. Completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Mike Matheny is actually tied for 17th in 17? the just over really? the past. The winner of this is Charles Comiskey. 
Oh, who just wow. went into the Cardinal Hall of Fame has a 674 winning percentage. Oh my that's god, that is huge. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's all like right. the so, Dodgers now. I guess we didn't ask like there was no time restriction on this either, right? This is like, Cardinal history. This is from 1882 to or How many years to, was Comiskey manager? He managed 8 years from 1883 to 1891. So it's not even one of those. Oh, he yeah. managed ten games, and he has yeah. a six hundred yeah. percent. No, no, he all was right. actually a legitimate one. So, all right. Um, I think it was Poppy since, Magoo. <laughs> since we hang held <laughs> held serve there, Nate, you can figure it. <laughs> all right, give me question number one. That's the right question answer or the right number question. one. All right, y'all are gonna have fun with this one. Uh, we know. I think we've all know that Tony La Russa has the most wins, the winningest manager in Cardinal history, but how many wins did he actually have? Oh, we, we just did the inverse of this in the yes, episode with Tara. Oh my God. 1,100 is my guess. 1,100. Can I one thousand one hundred. That's a terrible guess made by an idiot. Um, <laughs> I think I, he was. It was fourteen years he was manager. I, those first years were lean. I don't think he got that high. Um, so I'm going to play the game and I'm going to say one dollar, Bob. You're going with one. Well, the the we were doing wins, not dollars. So I think I win inherently. Well, here. you win anyway because it's yeah. fourteen hundred and eight. Yes, over. Over 16 years. It was 16. There, there. Okay, my math. Was, wow, that's still up more than I would have guessed. I, I thought remember those he, lean years were leaner. Five. No, he, he didn't have but a couple of years under 500, and he had 105 and 101 wins, uh, 04 and 05. All right, Nate. Let's do number 12. Number 12. Oh, this is, y'all are not getting this one. So, <laughs> oh, great. Um, cool. But it's just a fun one to have anyway. Ollie Marmol is the 65th manager of the Cardinals, dating back to 1882. Who was the first? Poppy Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> no, Poppy Magoo was in 1904, as I already said. Um, um, Dinglesock Sherrington. <laughs> My guess I'll is Dinglesock uh, Sherrington. Eddie Goodell. <laughs> uh, it was Ned Cuthbert. If you ever need to know, Ned. That is Cuthbert. a good name. I feel like I was yeah. pretty close with Dinglesock, but <laughs> it was getting uh, close. Getting close. All right. Nate, try again. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. Man, we suck. Um, well, I've got two. Um, let's go with 18. 18. All right. Here we go. Y'all are okay. How many games did Mike Matheny lose as a Cardinal manager? Okay. Give me a second. I'm going to say (laughs) 
I'm thinking, I'm going to say 420, 420, baby. I'm doing wow. 420 losses. Interesting guess. Classic stoner move. <laughs> huh. Um. Wow. I, I, I again think you went over. It's a dangerous game to play. I'm going to go. Ugh, I suck at this. I'm going to say $1 again. Mike Matheny lost 474 oh. games. <laughs> Damn. All right. Final question, Nate. Okay. Um, 15. 15. Okay. Who are the only two managers in the top 10 of wins? So winning its managers in Cardinal oh history, top 10, sorted by wins. The only two who did not finish in first place while they were in Cardinals, Cardinal manager. I'm just staring blankly at the screen right now. I have truly no idea. Uh, okay, so so we're saying they okay, so they're, they're good. They're good man. They were successful they managers. Were, they in were fact, winning they won games, but they never finished first in either the league or division or whatever they were at. at this the is time. good trivia. But I'm thinking they basically were probably managers before the nineties and all the expansions to be able to have like way more first place teams. So it was, you know, they were like a good team, but they didn't win the national league or whatever. Uh, but I'm actually, I'm horrible at names, all these. <laughs> so I truly, uh, so I think number one is definitely Poppy Magoo. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Poppy Magoo? Was that what? Yeah, it was Poppy yes. Magoo. And number two is Red Shane East. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, I'll, uh, I'll also say Red Shane and uh, Joe Torrey. I don't know. I got nothing. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Ben gets at least partial credit because Joe Torrey is one of them. Nice. Let's go. All right. The other was Branch Ricky. Oh, oh my goodness! Okay, so we should have known know. these. Yeah, we should yeah. have. Yeah, it's two names that we knew. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. I, I, yeah. You, uh, there, there were some others in here that were fun, but uh, we've run long enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you'll well, have to have you on again and finish those questions out, and we can feel even <laughs> dumber than I feel right now. I mean, I got three of five. So, no. Yeah. Two of two of six. <laughs> it's a very different three. ratio. You got, you got three, three of six. Three yeah, of six. Got, all right, I got three. Uh, speaking of right, numbers, yeah, you got all the numbers uh, yeah. questions. Well, I think you get one. I get you got a name there, Ben, and I like couldn't even go the single. So we'll give you a point on that. One. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go yeah, lay down good. after this. That was bad. <laughs> well, Daniel, the checks in the mail. Thank you. Um, <laughs> That was really nice. But uh, all right, that'll that'll wrap up this episode. Um, again, thank you all for listening. Daniel, thank you so much, as always, for being here. It's such a blast having you a part of the show. Uh, you know, everyone go check out his other things. Um, they're definitely better than this. So 
Uh, you can only go uphill from here the deeper you get into the Daniel Shoptaw C70 universe. The the C70 verse, the C7U. I don't know. Uh, we were the talking ex- a lot the about expanded C70U. Yeah, we were talking about Marvel before we started recording, so it's on top of mind. Um, yeah, check out all of Daniel's stuff, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, assuming this game against the Reds actually ends and doesn't just persist for the rest of time. I think it seems like it might right now. Um, And uh, until we're back next week, uh, go Cardinals. Okay, thank you. Bye.